It is Monday, October 30th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. There are no more winless teams in the NFL. And there is no more quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Vikings win, but suffer a major loss at quarterback. Will Levis shines in his NFL debut. And game three of the World Series tonight. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We will get to game three of the World Series, but let's start with NFL Sunday. Week eight action, AJ, and... As we do each and every Monday morning, we'll kick things off with what was most fresh in our minds, which is Sunday Night Football from last night. All questions have been answered. (laughs) We know now he's elite. Stop. It wasn't like (laughs) that elite of a performance. It was was a cakewalk. Okay. Chargers, a 30-13 breeze over the Chicago Bears in a game that was over in the first quarter. Yeah. uh, Just good Justin Herbert showed up. And it was way too much for the Chicago Bears. Defensively, the Bears are bad. Offensively, the Bears are bad. The Bears are just a bad, bad football team uh, with Justin Fields, without Justin Fields. It doesn't seem to matter. This is a a pretty pathetic squad. So uh, the Chargers were able to get themselves right and probably feeling a little better. I mean, nobody wants to start two and four, but now you're three and four and the Chiefs lost a game. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, you're not miles behind in the division even. Uh, Schedule know. does get friendly moving forward. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to beat some teams that are on your level. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, but we always say the Chargers have the talent. It's just a matter of putting it together, and they typically have not been able to do it. They did a really good job of getting Austin Eckler's hands on the ball last night. He didn't have a lot of success running the football, so they said, okay, let's hit him with some of these pop passes. Mm-hmm. Let's get him on some screens. Big time playmaker. He made things happen, and uh, obviously Keenan Allen continues to to you know be the the guy in that offense. And Quentin Johnston finally inserted himself into this offense. It took basically Josh Palmer hopping off the field on one leg, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Williams dying, and now we can finally see that that Quentin Johnston might not be a total bust at the NFL level. But I think the be- the the big takeaway from this game was defensively and it's hard to say like oh what a great defensive performance and the the Bears put in a a late touchdown that meant absolutely nothing to the game Uh, but for the most part the the Bears were unable to move the football all night and it it felt like a Chargers defense that needed to get right and and they got right in this game. Justin Herbert with the most ho-hum 31 of 40 298 yard three touchdown performance that you'll ever see because it just didn't feel like you were watching, maybe because the competition wasn't good. It was never a game. And it was never a game, so you weren't saying, like, man, Herbert's on fire it tonight. Like a, it was like a preseason game or it something. It just looked like a practice. Like yeah. he, like I said, it was a ho-hum performance. And then when the game's over, you're like, wow, he threw for pretty much 300 yards and three touchdowns. But you talk about a guy who really needed that for his confidence yes. and has been yes, struggling absolutely. With, you know, with, with his health, with that finger. Like, he really needed to have a game where he felt like – he was one of the best quarterbacks in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think for for him to play this game, no matter who it's against, no matter what the score was, I think it gives him some some edge going into the next game. Yep. Tyson Bagent, uh, 232 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. He does get the tush-push touchdown run at the end late in the fourth quarter. It meant nothing. Cole Komet was the target that had the most success with uh, 10 catches for 79 yards. DJ Moore was okay, but... This is, you know, still a Chicago Bears team. I think, like, after the performance maybe last week, there were some questions about can Bajent be the guy? And and is this a serious competition with Justin Fields? I don't think that's the case. I think maybe people were a little too jumping on the bandwagon-ish. I mean, the, the backup quarterback's the most popular guy yes, in every city. Yes, yeah. and boy, we saw a lot of backup quarterbacks yeah. yesterday in the NFL. But Bajent's last night looked like a Division II quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, that's what he is. Yeah. And it's he's a nice story, but this is the other thing. 
if the Bears can't run the football, mm-hmm. they're not going to succeed. And they were down so big so early in this game. You fall, you fall down 14 nothing. It's like, okay, good luck. Good luck. Well, I think it was 17 nothing. in fact. Good luck getting out of that well, hole. You know they're going to have the luxury of two top five picks this year. One they should spend on a quarterback, and the other one they should spend on the best offensive lineman. I think that's and probably rebuild their offensive yeah. line, and then use Justin Fields to acquire or, or another an elite wide receiver. Line. I don't know, like uh, that'd be good too. And if you're gonna keep, if you're gonna keep Justin Fields, I don't know, but I, I think that you might as well trade Justin Fields, start fresh, and we'll see what this team. But Ryan Pace, he's got a he's got a nice job moving forward with the pieces that they have. So the Bears lose, and uh, they drop now to two and six. The Chargers are three and four on the season. The 49ers lost their third straight game after starting the season 5-0 and and the world proclaiming them as the number one team in the NFL. It's now three straight losses. Brock Purdy, 365 yards passing, a touchdown and two interceptions after becoming the first quarterback like ever to play after being in the concussion protocol this past yeah. week. But the story of this game was not the 49ers losing three straight games. It was Joe Burrow looking, looking like, like Burrow. yeah, a healthy Joe Burrow as the Bengals put up 31 points on this 49ers defense. It, the bye week came at the perfect time mm. for Joe Burrow. And, you know, 83% of his passes, 28 to 32. I mean, just a, a dominant performance for him. Um, you know, they, they ran the ball pretty well. And the 49ers, like, Christian McCaffrey was – Obviously, he scored some touchdowns, but he they did not use him the way they've been using him. He wasn't as dynamic of a weapon for them. Uh, they didn't really have a lot going, you know, defensively. This was a game where the defense that had been holding up so well for them just wasn't elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, credit to Joe Burrow. Uh, like I said, coming off that coming off that bye week, you knew he'd be healthier. He looked a lot healthier. And uh, Brock Purdy. The, you mentioned the yardage, 365 yards. It just wasn't his best day. He made a couple bonehead plays. Mm. Uh, maybe he's still concussed. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. But he, he he did not look his sharpest again. And, you know, RJ said something on the Dream Preview. I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet, but he said maybe what we saw of Brock Purdy is unsustainable. Maybe it's like a, a Jeremy Lin type of thing where it's a flash in the pan and he turns back into a seventh-round pick. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's happening. It, I don't think that's happening yet, but – you know, a guy never loses, then he loses three games in a row. Yeah, it's no, like, well, I think there's something in between. Like, I think that's not, probably right. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's also not, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Right. Here. Like, he's he's an NFL starting caliber quarterback. He's proved that. And he's a guy that they can win with. Uh, obviously, the 49ers have proved that. I mean, 365 yards, and through two interceptions. Still had a pretty good game. Christian McCaffrey scored in this game, actually two touchdowns, but now has scored in 17 straight games. It's the most automatic bet in all of football. <laughs> Seems that way. Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown. He uh, uh, matches Lenny Moore for, in 1963-64 for the longest streak in NFL history. What's his streak at? 17. Oh, well, I guess it's a tie for the most automatic bet because the other most automatic bet would be Chiefs beat the Broncos. No. Because that, uh, that, that that was only 16. Oh. Because it got snapped. Oh. Yeah, the Chiefs had won 16 straight <laughs> against the Denver Broncos. That's the tied for the third longest streak against any opponent in NFL history. And they also had 13 straight division wins, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes, 29 straight games with a passing touchdown, the longest active streak in the NFL all three of those streaks snapped yesterday as the Broncos beat the Chiefs 24-9. to Yeah, just a, a weird game. And you look at it and you'd say, well, if the if the Broncos beat the Chiefs, what would it look like? And I guess it'd have to be like Russell Wilson had this massive day. He really didn't. Uh, I mean, he had three touchdown passes, but he threw for 114 yards. Uh, or the Broncos just ran the ball like madmen. Nope, they didn't really either. It was – the Chiefs were inept mm-hmm. on offense, and it's something you don't say very often. And I've said before, this Chiefs offense doesn't look right, but this was different. This was, the the Chiefs offense looked flat. It looked uh, it looked disheveled. They, they didn't look like the Kansas City Chiefs. So Mahomes had said that prior. I guess he he was dealing with a little flu like symptoms. 
he came down with something. His wife and his kids were sick, and he started to uh, experience something um, Here Saturday. And so he was playing sick. This was not a Michael Jordan flu game, but this was not the best performance from the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey did lead the way with six catches, but just for 58 yards. It wasn't a prototypical Travis Kelsey performance, and Taylor Swift was not in attendance. I mean, maybe that takes the life out of the team, right? No T. Swift in attendance. No one gets pumped up for the game. I mean, why would she want to go to Denver anyway? It was freezing. They had some snow in the forecast. Uh, but you're right. It just never felt like the Chiefs were were going to turn it on. You were just waiting for it, but they never looked like it. Just it, They looked uncomfortable the entire game. But their defense is still so good that they were in this game until McCall Hardman muffs the punt in the fourth quarter. At that point, it's a 14-9 game. Yeah. No points were scored in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter. And you still felt like it was going to happen. They were going to they were gonna eventually break through. And- well, that's the thing. Like, you felt like, okay, like, here we are. It's the start of the fourth quarter. The Chiefs are getting the football, and then this is the time to turn it on. And Hardman, who was just acquired, recently reacquired from the Jets, out there returning punts, and he muffs the punt. Bang, it winds up being, you know, a fumble. Two plays later, the Broncos are in the end zone. It's 21-9. And at that point, the game's over. I, I Maybe if the Chiefs would have scored in their next drive, there were seven minutes left when they didn't convert that fourth down. So even if they score a touchdown there, I don't know what happens the rest of the game with seven minutes left. But 21-9 just felt the way that that game was playing out that the game was over and the Broncos had locked this thing up. That's a bad loss for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is, but it's uh, you know it's their second one. You can afford a bad loss when you start out the season uh, six and one, and it's the first loss since week one. Yep. Uh, the, the Chiefs are going to be fine, but it's just they are not the that, – that's the thing I, I took away from yesterday is I don't know who the best team in the NFL is because every time we think it's someone, it's not. It, like it, there's, a, there's a lot more parity than we think. Mm-hmm. You know, just when you when people are starting to give all this love to the Lions and the Dolphins, they get smacked down. The 49ers or the Chiefs have been one and two on pretty much everybody's best team list. They both get smacked. Like, I, I don't know who it is. The Eagles haven't looked like themselves yet. I, I, there's no dominant team. You know, you know, it's there's. There's eight, nine, ten teams that are pretty damn good. I feel like each week it's somebody different. Like yesterday, you'd say the Dallas Cowboys. The most Dallas Cowboys look great yesterday. Well, let's get into that Cowboys game. Forty-three twenty over the Rams. They dominated the first half in this game. AJ Dak Prescott was just connecting with CD Lamb over and over and over again. Yeah, and it was pretty obvious that Matt Stafford was banged up and was not the same in Mm -hmm. this game, but he didn't look great even before the thumb injury. Uh, The the Cowboys' defense looked refreshed, and I said this. I know you missed the dream preview, but one of my my plays was Cowboys' team total over 26.5. That was done by halftime. The Rams' defense in the second half against Pittsburgh looked tired. Mm. They look so just drained. They don't have enough bodies. They don't have the depth to keep doing this week after week. There's not enough talent on that team for them to hold up over the course of a season. We may see a, a pretty steady decline for this Rams team until they can catch a break. And Dak Prescott finishes with 304 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. CeeDee Lamb, a career day, 12 catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. Matt Stafford leaving the game with a thumb injury replaced by Brett Rippon. That was one of the many quarterbacks that left the game with injury. You know, it's funny. When we had talked about the Rams all all preseason, there was a lot of speculation about Matt Stafford. And we're like, oh, is Stafford going to be the quarterback late in the season? Is Stafford going to make it through the year? And part of it could have been, oh, maybe it's trade or maybe they're tanking. Now it's injury. Well, when you think about, like, people now think of Matt Stafford as an injury-prone guy. Mm Mm-hmm. But the truth is, like, he's been super durable throughout his career. He doesn't really miss games yep. until this last, you know, this major issue that he had last year. Uh, and he is a really tough dude, a durable guy. But you saw him hurt his thumb, and he was like, okay, I'm going to play through it. And then the next drive, mm-hmm. you see that thumb jam into a helmet, and it's like, oh, I mean, you could tell his hand's shaking. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it's going to cost him any significant time. It's hard. To we do. don't know. After the game, Sean McVay said, quote, it doesn't seem like it's good, but we'll wait for full clarification. So that's tough. Th- that's a tough break yeah. for a team that, that 
honestly were exceeding expectations mm-hmm. to this point. But and and listen, no no offense to Brett Rippin, but if that's the quarterback, then you're not going to win a lot yeah. of games. All right. Well, let's uh, as we progress through the games, we'll keep talking about the all all the quarterbacks that had to leave games yesterday, including Kenny Pickett who was knocked out of the Jaguars-Steelers game with a rib injury replaced by Mitchell Trubisky, which it's probably the the smallest drop-off from starter to backup in the NFL. Maybe uh, Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew, but... It's it's top five. It's right there, yeah. Like, they are interchangeable, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, they're the same. Um, I, I don't think that the offense is necessarily better or worse with one or the other, although I will say Trubisky, at least what we saw yesterday, is a little looser with the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. There's maybe more upside and a a lower floor. Yeah, take away one of those interceptions. The, the last. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But the, the, he is uh, he's a guy who the Steelers just can't afford mistakes. No. Like they're not good enough to 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 have turnovers, and even if it's just a one turnover that you really count. But the the reality of that game was they they didn't have an answer for Travis Etienne, and the, the Steelers te- like the. When I think of Pittsburgh Steelers football, I always think of a team that stops the run, is mm-hmm. hard-nosed defensively. I, I don't know if that's this team. They, they've not stopped the run all year. And, and they can't run the ball themselves. Exactly. So they're the opposite of what their, I, I guess, their reputation mm-hmm. would tell you that they are. I, I just don't understand. Like, they, there's no running game. They, they try. It doesn't work. I understand the offensive line is, is, has changed over the past couple of years, but – the, the, the play calling sometimes confusing. I know that there were some ticky-tack penalty calls that the Steelers were bothered by in this game. I just thought it should have been a better effort. Like, you know, you're at home. The the It's bad weather. Like, it just felt like everything was – if you everything was, like, in the Steelers' favor in this game, and yet, you know, they still come up on the short side losing 20-10 to the Jags. I think we've got to start giving some credit to the Jags, who are now 4-0 and on the road. Mm-hmm. This is a gritty team. They're better than I thought they were. Uh, they've, they've got some wins that they shouldn't have gotten, and I think they're starting to feel a little disrespected, and they, they continue to, to really exceed expectations. This has been one of the more surprisingly good teams in the league. And no, Like, when you talk about the teams that can like, – if you said who, who's going to be the, the final four in the AFC, like, Jacksonville's probably the sixth team you'd name because mm-hmm. it, you, you'd, it'd be Kansas City and Baltimore and Miami and Buffalo, Cincinnati. Then maybe you get to Jacksonville. I, I mean, and – All they're doing right now is running away with their division. Desmond Ritter left the game for the Falcons. That might be another one of the lower drop-offs. Being placed in the concussion protocol. And even though he was cleared to return, the Falcons decided to stick with Taylor Heineke coming in at the half. And Arthur Smith told reporters that they did not take Ritter out for performance issues. To that, I say... A bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if they didn't take him out for performance issues, they should have. Yeah. I mean, listen, he was holding onto the ball for way too long. He was uh, taking too many sacks, too many negative plays. And Heineke came in and gave them a chance. It was too little too late, but he gave them a chance. Um He's just not good. Desmond Ritter is just not good. He's, I agree. He's not a starting NFL quarterback. And not that Taylor Heineke is either. And I understand, like – you, it makes more sense to see what you've got in Desmond Ritter. Yes. But I, I, to me, it feels like you kind of know now. And honestly, with what we saw out of Will Levis, and the word was that we were going to see Will Levis and Malik Willis play quarterback. We mm-hmm. saw Malik Willis come out and run some just direct snap running plays. Yeah. But Will Levis was the quarterback for this team. And I think Will Levis is the quarterback for this team going forward. I, I don't know that there's any reason if you're the Tennessee Titans – to go away from this. Oh. Ryan Tannehill's not your your he's not your quarterback of the future. I don't even know if he's the best quarterback option you've got right now. So I, I think Ryan Tannehill may be done for in Tennessee. Will Levis had never thrown for four touchdown passes against any SEC team. <laughs> he threw four touchdown passes against the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. 19 of 29, 238 yards, the four touchdowns, no interceptions, which is huge. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins was his favorite target. Four catches, 128 yards, three touchdowns. And you know what? You're a rookie quarterback coming in. Throw it to one of the best wide receivers in the past decade. Like, yes, that's the guy who's going to bail you out here. When's the last time we saw DeAndre Hopkins look that good? 
two, he hasn't two anybody, years ago. Hasn't anybody thrown him the football? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, when DeAndre Hopkins is getting open, like you can, it softens people up. So, uh, I think Will Levis has clearly earned himself the job. I know it's only one game, but he's earned himself another start, and now you keep moving forward. But that is that is some damn good quarterback play. Listen. The Titans traded away one of their best second, one of their best defensive players. A two-time yeah, they're pro, not. All try, they're pro. not going out to win this year. They yes. they're looking to the future. This is the future. You might as mm-hmm. well figure. And I, I, again, I'm not saying Will Levis is going to be this every week. I don't even know if he'll be good in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I have my doubts. But this is certainly it. Certainly warrants another shot to see what you got with the kid. Yep. Tyrod Taylor left the Giants' jet scheme. With a rib injury, actually, he was taken to the hospital as a precaution. Darren Waller also left that game with a hamstring injury. But from a quarterback perspective, Tommy DeVito, former Syracuse and uh, was it Illinois or no, Indiana? Uh, no. I think it was Illinois. Illinois quarterback yeah. uh, had to come in. Uh, you know, I got some stories about DeVito from Syracuse, but uh, that's personal. Uh, anyway, uh, he might have hung out with a family member of mine. Oh, but no. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just make sure. I, I just want to make sure everything was respectful. Okay. Yeah, so we'll All make sure right. everything was respectful. Okay. Then. Or else we're going to have problems. He's a gentleman, you hope? I hope he was a gentleman. Oh. All right? I hope so. Anyway, the Jets going to the Super Bowl, AJ. Best team in football. Uh, 13-10 win. Zach Wilson in the clutch. There's no one better than Zach Wilson in the clutch. All right, first off, you know I'm kind of I'm joking here. Um, Zach Wilson with some of the most pathetic quarterback play you will ever see how a player, how an NFL-level caliber, like any I don't care if you're good or not. You are in the NFL for a reason. How you take sacks on fourth, fourth down. downs, backpedaling, it doesn't matter if you throw an interception. It doesn't matter what happens. Just throw the ball up in the air. Throw the ball as far as you can out of the back of the end zone. Definitely don't just kind of fall down. Definitely just don't <laughs> fall down and give up. But the Jets had no business, no business winning this football game. They win it in overtime thanks to uh, the injuries on the Giants' front, the Giants being as pathetic as the Jets, and Brian Dayball not having day balls of steel. Yeah, you say as pathetic. I wanted the Giants to win solely because they would have won a game with negative nine passing yards. Negative nine passing yards. <laughs> do you know how hard that is to do? I mean, this was a – the fact that this game was in overtime with a team that had negative nine mm-hmm. passing yards is insane. Uh, Saquon Barkley played well. The Jets, as good as their defense is, it is they are so pathetic on offense. The fact that they're four and three is, is really impressive. Yes. But – You have to feel worse about this team today than you did before this game on Sunday. Yes, and the answer that everyone was hoping for is no longer an option. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But fourth and one from the Jets' 17-yard line with 28 seconds left in the game. Brian Dable, what are you doing, bro? Just run the ball. Yeah. Just run the ball because you know what? The worst, worst thing that could happen is you give Zach Wilson the football on the 17-yard line is the worst thing that can happen. Now, I know they actually wound up giving Zach Wilson the ball on his 25-yard line, but again, that's still extra yards. It's seven extra yards right there, right? Uh, Or whatever. So uh, eight extra yards because he elects to go for the field goal, and Graham Gano misses the field goal there. Yep. If the Giants get a first down, game over, they win. If they don't get the first down, Zach Wilson has to go from the 17 to try and get into field goal range. Now, because they missed the field goal, that's eight yards back. The Jets got the ball at their own 25. Which, by the way, if they'd made the field goal, the Jets probably would have gotten the ball at the 25. Yeah, but now they didn't have a touchdown. Right. But, they, I mean, they they would have needed more. Uh, to beat you, they would have needed a touchdown anyway. Well, yeah. At three. They, yeah. You just go for it. So, but just out, I, I would have gone for it because why not? So, uh, then the Jets get lucky. And a, 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 a big pass down the field to Alan Lazard. They were able to run up and spike it with one second left. I thought that I swear I said this is typical Jets. They're not going to be. They're not going to get up and spike it. Yeah. They're not going to get up and spike the football. And they're not going to get the field goal. Oh, off. Zach Wilson would have been roasted. They got up to the line. They spiked the football. They get the field goal off. And then in overtime, 
Giants go three and out, and then the Jets get a nice uh, pass interference penalty. Yeah. And but that's what happens when you throw yeah. the ball up in the air and yep. don't take a sack. And the Greg Zerline field goal is good. Jets win 13-10. They are four and three. And like I said, there was maybe thoughts that with the trade deadline fast approaching, the Jets can get themselves a quarterback that can lead them into the postseason and beyond. And that quarterback that was on everybody's mind was Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins is now on the shelf for the remainder of the year. I wouldn't trade for Kirk Cousins at this point. No. Cousins suffers what is believed to be a torn Achilles in the Vikings' 24-10 win over the Packers. He left the game after 274 passing yards and two touchdowns, uh, one to TJ Hawkinson, one to Jordan Addison, who continues to fill in nicely for Justin Jefferson. But once Jaron Hall came into the game, like the, the Packers actually had some life. There was a strip sack fumble. You thought the Packers were getting back into this. They've been a second-half team all season. They're just atrocious in the first half. But the Packers still show how bad they are. Jordan Love just ain't it, man. He is, you want to talk about how, oh, Desmond Ritter is not the guy? Like, Jordan Love's not the guy. Yeah, he's not the guy. Uh, And I I don't know what Minnesota does from here. This was a great win for them. It brought them back to four and four. Kirk Cousins was on his way to, like, a 4,700-yard, 36-37 touchdown season. This was, I mean, this is terrible for this dude Mm -hmm. and for this team. Think about it. I mean, Kirk Cousins, the reason anybody was talking about trading him was because he's going to be a free agent. Yep. And he's going to get a bag somewhere. Uh, it's going to be a lot smaller bag now, unfortunately for him. Not a not a great time to have a, a career-altering injury. But the way he was playing, it's hard to think that this wasn't a, a potential, like, second-half surge team. Now yeah. uh, it feels like they're they're dead in the well, water. We had talked about this. The Vikings schedule opens up Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. Like I, I think maybe the Vikings are gonna be in the market for the to trade for a quarterback. And maybe so. Because they could be a playoff they team could be. with that schedule. And Jaron Hall is not the guy. No, no, no. Like it, it, he's a disaster. Uh but yeah, I, I think they have to consider it, looking at it somebody if if the they're four and four. the The last team in the playoffs right now is five and three. Mm-hmm. So they're right there. I don't know if that, you know, I don't know what quarterback is out there that can make them serious. But you you only have so many chances. You hate to see them uh, lose it, but uh, yeah. And especially you can't give up big assets either because yeah. you've, you're going to have to draft a real quarterback, like a, a long term option. Kyler Murray. It's not crazy. I, I, the Jets should go after him. I, I think they should be inquiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the trade deadline is 4 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. So yep. we will be ahead of all the news that breaks uh, maybe later on today. Who Jacoby knows? Brissett's another name. I, I, like, what, don't be go. surprised if Jacoby Brissett's playing football for a, a mm-hmm. contending team that needs a quarterback. Yep. Let's talk about the Dolphins beating the Patriots 31-17. We know the Patriots always do not perform well when they go down to Miami. Uh, They made it interesting late. Miami answered the late score, though. Mac Jones, 19 of 29, 161 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Tua finished with 324 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Tyreek Hill, who didn't practice and everyone thought he wasn't going to play, he had eight catches, 112 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddell. Seven for 121 in a touchdown. I think this game boiled down to if if you can't run the ball against Miami, first of all, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You, if you can't run the ball against Miami, you're not going to win. And uh, you gotta, you've got to keep that offense on the sidelines. And New England just couldn't keep the chains moving. You know, 77 rushing yards isn't going to cut it. You, you've got to find a way to keep Tua standing on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And they, they just couldn't do it. Yeah, like I said, they made it interesting with the touchdown in the fourth quarter. Made it 24-17. But then Miami answered back with the Waddle score. Um, and that was it. Game over. Miami now six and two on the year, undefeated at home. Patriots two and six. A lot of the time, you can look at these Dolphins box scores, and when you look at the game, the time of possession, you got a good feeling if the Dolphins won or lost. Mm-hmm. In this game, thirty-six minutes to twenty-four minutes. Yep. That, that if they got the ball sixty percent of the time, they're going to win. My only loss on the Dream Pod, AJ. The Saints thirty-eight twenty-seven winners over the Colts. A high-scoring shootout from the New Orleans Saints? What? Uh, I'm not totally surprised at this, actually. I, I, well, you weren't there for the Dream Pod, but I talked about how 
Uh, Gardner Minshew and Shane Steichen have both had a lot of success against these types of defenses. And we saw it last week against the Browns. They like they were like, how did they put up these points on the Browns? It's man-heavy mm. schemes. The Browns and the Saints are the two most man-heavy teams. The Saints having a lot of offensive success was probably the bigger yeah. surprise to me. So Jason Hill rushed for two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara had the receiving touchdown. He also rushed for a touchdown. Uh, Rashid Shahid with the big long fifty-eight yard reception. He had one hundred and fifty-three yards and a touchdown. This was just a very good offensive performance from the Saints. Yeah, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know what they've been waiting on to to break this out, but 511 total yards for the Saints. Uh, obviously a season high for them. Um, and Derek Carr looked like the guy that Saints fans hope he would look. He looked like Raiders Derek Carr. Let, let me ask you something. Are they, are, they, are they the best team in the South right now? Like the Falcons don't have a quarterback, yeah, I, unless it's going to be Taylor Heineke, but Desmond Ritter stinks. The Bucks. I don't think we trust Baker enough. If the season ended today, the Saints win the NFC South. So no, they don't. The Falcons win the tiebreaker. Oh, that's true. The, yeah. the Falcons do win the tiebreaker. You're right. Um, I think they're better than the Falcons. I think they are. Yes, they. I think they are better than the Falcons. Yeah, it's going to play out. But uh, and we said this at the beginning of the year. And and listen, no offense to Baker Mayfield, he's been better than I thought he mm-hmm, would be. Mm-hmm. But I said there's one team in this division that's got even a serviceable quarterback. And Derek Carr, while he's been barely serviceable this year, he's still been the best quarterback in that division. And he's still the guy you probably trust most. The problem is, I think they've got the – they might be the worst coach team, mm. in, maybe in the league. Uh, so, yeah. it, it's hard. I don't like – no. none of these NFC South teams are good. Let's just put it at that. Falcons right now plus 105 on the DraftKings Sportsbook to win the division. Saints plus 145. Uh, elsewhere, let's talk about the Eagles beating the Commanders 38-31 in come-from-behind fashion. A very un-Eagles-like first half. Meanwhile, Sam Howell looked incredible until he turned back into a pumpkin. Yeah, he made he had one Sam Howell throw, mm-hmm. and that's all it took. Um, and the, the final score, you know, there's a, a another last-minute touchdown that makes the score look closer than it was. Uh, and may have pushed the number for some people, but mm. may have come, may have still come up short for some people. Uh, but this was the, we knew that the, the Commanders always play the Eagles tougher than we would expect them to. And what I do give the Eagles credit for is this is a game where they got punched in the mouth early, and they were down at halftime, and they responded. Yeah, and it's the good teams on the road. That's what that's what they do. But this was not a team that was had they. There was very little time in this game where the Eagles felt like they were in control of the game mm-hmm. until the, late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they, they scored three straight touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and it was like, okay, they've pulled away. But until they did that, this, this was a very, you know, very hotly contested game, I guess you could say. Yeah, there was also, I mean, they should have had another score as well. They fumbled. Yep. On the brotherly shove play, they fumbled. The, and yeah. that's going to happen sometimes, by the way. Like, yeah. There's no way it doesn't. So, I mean, there was um, – they, they had fumbled on – the Kenneth Gainwell fumbled on the three-yard line in the first half, so that could have been another touchdown. And then the brotherly shove fumble on the goal line could have been another touchdown. So they could have had two more touchdowns in this game, and, and the game looks completely uh, different. Speaking of brotherly shove, what a nice fake-out on the brotherly shove formation – when they gave it to, to Swift, Swift. Oh, that touchdown. Was nice. Very so, nice. Something that, you know, people were thinking maybe they would see sometime. The defense is trying to line up against it. Sirianni pulled one out there, and the Eagles got a, uh, a, a, a tough win, but a win is a win. Uh, speaking of a win is a win, some are more important than others, and this one very important as the Panthers get their first win of the season beating the Texans 15-13 in walk-off fashion. Yeah, and this was, uh, I think, a much-needed game for Bryce Young. Uh, so C.J. Stroud, I don't think him having the game that he had, which wasn't great, I don't think anybody's like, oh, I'm out on C.J. Stroud now. But Bryce Young was in a position where in front of his home crowd, he certainly looks like he was the mistake pick mm. of the draft. Mm-hmm. The first, I think the first time in, in NFL history that the top three draft picks from the draft were all on the field at the same time. Oh, wow. And, uh, well, all in the same game. Same they game, on yeah, the same yeah, field, yeah. Obviously, but, uh, but I think Bryce Young, with his home fans watching him, had C.J. Stroud massively outplayed him, mm-hmm. it could have gotten real ugly real yes. fast. And Bryce Young came out and played one of his better games, didn't make many mistakes, 
and the, the Texans offense looked terrible. Um, I mean, the, the Panthers offense looked pretty bad too, but they, they get a last second field goal, walk off field goal and get their first win of the season moving to one and six. Congratulations. Yeah. I, and I said this, man, the Texans, you've got to learn to win before you learn to cover mm. the Texans being three point road favorites over anybody was insane. Like that, just the idea that you'd be like, yeah, just lay a field goal on the road. And then it ended up being three and a half yeah. with the Texans. It, that, that is insanity. Panthers first quarter continues to be profitable. Now six and one against the spread in the first quarter. They were plus a half a point and it was a zero zero game yep. at the end of the first quarter. Uh, covering at the end, oh, the this Seahawks. One, this one hurt me. With a 24-20 win over the Browns. Geno Smith connecting with Jackson Smith in Jigba with about 39 seconds left in the game as the Seahawks got a 24-20 win over the Browns. Yeah, this one hurt, and this was a, this was a, a two-on-one match between uh, – it was McKenzie and RJ against me on this one. And I like the Browns plus three and a half. And I, it felt like it, it was the right side. I, I, I don't know. The third and three at the 43 with just over two minutes to go. And they're throwing the football. I, I'm not sure with PJ Walker, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. But it gets intercepted and uh, the, the Seahawks drive down. And really for the like the first time since... The first half put together a good offensive drive and got into the end zone on a, 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 a neat, nifty little play to Jackson Smith and Jigba. The Browns get the ball back, and of course, PJ Walker's their quarterback. They quickly go yeah. three and out, and, yep. or four and out, and uh, they fall by four. I, I bet it at four. My clients got it at four. In the contest, and to RJ and McKenzie, I, I lost the money. Though. The three and a half. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Geno Smith, uh, that go-ahead touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigwood, that's his third in the final minute of regulation or overtime as quarterback of the Seahawks. That's the most of any player since 2002, or since 2022, excuse me, uh, pass, surpassing Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. So three touchdowns in the final minute of regulation or overtime in the past, you know, Season and a half, so two seasons. Yeah, that's wild. Pretty impressive. Uh, it wasn't the worst beat of the day, though. No, it was not the worst beat of the day. The worst beat of the day, and they saved this for last. The Ravens with a 31-24 win over the Cardinals. The Ravens held themselves a 31-15 lead with two minutes and 51 seconds left in the game. They kicked the ball off to the Cardinals thinking, we got ourselves a victory. What's the worst that can happen here? And you know what? Cardinals go down the field. They wind up scoring a touchdown. Congratulations. And guess what? They get the two-point conversion. Okay. But you know what? They missed the two-point conversion. So it's fine. It's 31 to 21. Ten, ten, a ten-point lead with a minute and 15 yeah. like that left. Ravens up by 10, and at this point, it's going to be an onside kick. Those never work. No one recovers those. It's like 4%. Those. There's like a minute left, whatever. Yeah, they recover. Cardinals recover the onside kick. Yeah. And not only do they recover the onside kick, but they march down the field, and for some reason, well, we know the reason. The reason is, and what everyone will tell you is, they're down 10. Mm-hmm. They need a touchdown and a field goal. And some would say, take the points once you get into field goal range to give yourself enough time that if you do recover the onside kick, you are in. You got a Hail Mary. You got a chance to, to go out and win the game or tie the game or maybe win with the two point conversion. My philosophy is always it's harder to get the touchdown than it is to get the field goal. Because let's say you do recover the onside kick after you get the touchdown. You're a defensive penalty away from kicking that tying field goal, right? Let's say you throw a Hail Mary. There's a holding penalty. There's a pass interference. You get the football on the 10. You get the football on the 5, whatever. You can kick the field goal and tie the game. Or if you have no timeouts left and only 20 seconds, maybe like you do a Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kel- you know, tr- to Tyreek Hill, a couple of passes to Travis Kelsey, right? They- the Chiefs got a field goal with 11 seconds left. 
I'm, I'm sorry to remind you of that. You're a Bills fan. I remember. Okay. You can get that field goal. So I always say go for the touchdown first. Nope. Cardinals kick the field goal. You saying Jonathan Gannon doesn't know how to cover games? Seems like he does. Sean McVay knows how to cover. <laughs> Jonathan Gannon knows how to cover. Yeah. The field goal is good. 31-24 the final. Well, the onside kick didn't work for a second straight time. Yeah. 31-24 the final as the Ravens win, but the Cardinals get the cover of the day. That is a horrific beat. It is. And only one game left uh, on the, the Week 8 schedule, and that is tonight. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. The Lions coming off a humbling loss. Actually, both these teams coming off humbling losses when you think about it. Uh, what do we think of the, the, who's, who's more likely to bounce back as we sit here with the Lions at a 7.5-point favorite? It's the Lions just because they're home. I mean, we've seen the difference just over the years of the, of the Lions at home versus on the road. We know about Jared Goff's performances inside the Dome versus on the road. Now, they're playing a team, For a that's, dome that, team that's a Dome team, so I'm not saying that they have a distinct advantage over the Raiders because of the opponent. I'm just saying in the Dome, the Lions are a much different team, and I think that's the type of team we're going to see tonight. I think the Lions put up a ton of points on the Raiders. We saw the Chicago Bears put up a ton of points yeah. on the Raiders. The total is 46.5. I know that primetime unders are all the rage. If this game goes under, it's because the Raiders don't score, not because of the Lions. But I think with Jimmy Garoppolo back, I think we're going to see this game go over tonight. Okay. Yeah, I could see that as well. Uh, I, I I don't know that I'm laying 7.5 points with the Lions, but I, I do think the Lions should, should get the win here. Uh, and I'm with you. I think it should be a little higher scoring than your typical primetime game, although the primetime game last night was pretty high scoring too. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least it finished look like it looks more high scoring than it probably was, but because uh, the Bears got that late touchdown in, but the Chargers did their job. So maybe, uh, maybe you're right. Game still went under though. Yeah, maybe the Lions do their part and the Raiders just just mm. just enough. Yeah, I mean, like I said, last night was 43 points. Total was 46. Oh, still well. went, still went under. Yeah, but tonight with the total of uh, 45 and a half or 46 and a half for the game tonight uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, the current line is 46 and a half. I think the only way it goes under is if what happened last night happened. The Raiders score tonight, 14 points. Where the Lions put up 27 to 30 and the Raiders don't do don't, anything. Don't do anything. But like I said, with Garoppolo back, I, I think the Raiders do put up points, even though this Lions defense is good. With Garoppolo back, I think it's a boost for the Raiders. I, I don't know. Like we we talked about the Lions and the the quarterbacks that they've beaten so far, and it's Again, all credit where it's due. They beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, but that that Chiefs offense is not looking like a world beater now. Then they beat Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, and Baker Mayfield. So maybe that that defense isn't like a world beating defense. Now Jimmy Garoppolo kind of falls into the same category as those guys. It's not like he's mm-hmm. he's some great shakes either. But this is a defense that gave up 38 points last week. I could see the I could see the Raiders moving the ball on these guys. All right, let's come up with the uh, same game parlay for tonight. Let's go with Amon Ross St. Brown for the uh, for the uh, Lions. He's questionable now with the, with the injury, so uh, let's let's not get married to him. Okay. He... So then let's get married to Sam Laporta. All right. Okay. Let's go Sam Laporta over. Do you want to go over yards or do you want to go over receptions? I feel like you're more of a reception guy. I like receptions. All right, so let's go Laporta over four and a half receptions. And then let's go with Garoppolo back. Let's go Devontae Adams over five and a half catches. I have a better one than that. Okay. Let's go Garoppolo to throw an interception. Garoppolo to throw an interception. Over a half an interception. Okay. So Laporta over four and a half, Garoppolo to throw an interception. What else do we like? Let's look at Josh J- Josh Jacobs under rushing yards. What's his What's his total at? Sixty and a half. Ooh, it's pretty low. Yeah. Uh, I say we go with that. If the Ra- if the Raiders are going to compete, they can't. It's not going to be because of Josh Jacobs. They're a big. They're a big dog. They're going to be chasing. Uh, I'm, I don't think they run, and he hasn't been running all that well anyway. All right. So let's plug this in and let's see what we get from the. Uh, passing props here on the same game parlay up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to go over a half an interception. 
for Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to go Josh Jacobs under 60 and a half rushing yards. And we're going to go Sam Laporta, the tight end for the uh, Detroit Lions. We're playing his over receptions of four and a half. That three-leg same-game parlay is plus 500. All right. All right, you want to add one more for the nope. bomb shot? Nope. A little bomb shot. A little bomb shot. Uh, bomb shot, I would say. It, I want to do another. I want to do a. Uh, I, I want to do a Lions player. Is it Jameer Gibbs? Is there is there a receiving prop or a receiving and rushing combined prop? I would like to do. I would like to do like the the Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. Okay. Let's do Josh Reynolds for the. Uh, over two and a half receptions. Okay. Let's do that. Josh Reynolds, over two and a half receptions. Oh, they won't let me do it. What's what's Gibbs' numbers? Because Gibbs is going to, he's going to touch the ball. There's there's no David Montgomery again. 69 and a half yards. Rushing? Mm-hmm. Is there a receiving? Jameer Gibbs, receiving yards. Um, here we go. Rushing plus receiving, one on one and a half. Over? Over. All right. No, they won't let me. Ah! Yeah. Let's, uh, mm. it's just too correlated. They won't let me, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. Let's just, let's, we'll stay with we'll the five, with five plus 500. Yeah, All right. We don't need to be greedy. And we haven't updated uh, the number on Jacobs, just went to 61 and a half as we're typing this in this morning. There we go. So, all right. So, over four and a half receptions for Sam Laporta, tight end for the Lions, under 61 and a half rushing yards for Josh Jacobs, and over a half an interception for Jimmy Garoppolo. Plus 500 up on the draft. Let's go. Speaking of the plus 650 Tyson Fury to get knocked down and win the fight. Huh? Huh? Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Fixed. I Listen, Francis Ngannou put up a hell of a fight. And it it was a lot closer than I would have ever thought. The the biggest headline or headline, the biggest uh, comment, theme, or whatever you want to call it that I saw online coming out of that fight was that Mike Tyson's going to be the most sought after trainer in boxing. <laughs> okay. Cause he was the one who worked with it. Yeah. The, uh, the Saudis paid a bunch of money for him to work yeah. with him, I guess. So it, it's a, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but mm-hmm. I will say Francis Ngannou looked a lot better than I would have ever expected him to. I thought if he, if he was going to be competitive in that fight, it was going to be because his power was just so overwhelming, but he boxed like he would, he boxed, with Tyson Fury for 10 rounds mm-hmm. and almost won. I, I I scored the fight the same as the last judge. Uh, so I had six rounds for Fury, four rounds for Nganu with the knockdown. So just a one-point difference on mm-hmm. my card. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the last judge said. The, the judge that had them three points apart, I, I disagree with. Of course, I, I didn't think Nganu had won either. But uh, it, it, was a, it was a really good fight, man. And if he's doing that with Tyson Fury... There's no safe heavyweights that like Francis. I would say Francis Ngannou. Like if you put him in there with a a five and zero heavyweight, yeah. So this is Francis Ngannou is going to kill. This him. is what I would say right now. I, I would say it's almost like a movie, right? Like where where you see like these guys get like these chances, and like he fights the heavyweight. It's like a Rocky movie. Like he fights the heavyweight champ when he hasn't fought a boxing match before, and like he puts up a great fight, but he loses. So then he goes and he fights like the yeah. number one contender, and then beats him. Yep. And then he goes and gets to fight the champ again. Like, that's what I would do. I would do, like, um, you know, I don't know who's – is it Usyk or, or – U- Usyk and, and Fury. Usyk and Fury are fighting fight. in December. But, like, who's, the, who's like, the, the number one contender? I mean, I guess Deontay Wilder. Wilder. Yeah. Make him an Anthony Joshua. There's money fights for him. And if Ngannou beats somebody like that with a name like that, man, it, it, there's, there's a lot. And those guys want that fight, too, because there's a lot of money to be made in those fights. So Francis Ngannou is going to be a draw. Could you imagine if Francis Ngannou knocks out either Anthony Joshua or Deontay abs- Wilder? I can easily see him knocking out Anthony Joshua. Then he fights Fury for an actual title fight, yeah. not an exhibition. Yeah, it's not crazy to think about. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Game three of the World Series is tonight from Arizona. The series is tied at a game apiece. Both games in Arlington go over. That's kind of the theme of this series. I feel like we're going to see overs in Arlington, maybe unders in Arizona. But 9-1, the Diamondbacks win game two to even up that series. And now it'll be game three in Arizona with Brandon Fodd on the mound, who has been incredible for the Diamondbacks this postseason. He hasn't won a game yet, but the dude has thrown 16 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed five runs, two of them most recently against Philly, but three of them came in the first game. In between, he had thrown 10 shutout innings. So he has been on a tear this entire postseason with a 2.70 ERA. Max Scherzer gets the start for the Rangers, and Scherzer should be a little more stretched out. You know, he only went two and a third, uh, two and two-thirds in that game seven against Houston, but I do think that was part of the plan because of it being game seven. It was always going to be Scherzer and then Montgomery. I think that was Bochy's plan. I think we see Scherzer give them a little bit of length here in this game tonight against the Diamondbacks. I wouldn't be surprised to see Scherzer go five innings. Uh, but this is going to be a fun matchup. It's an even split, minus 110 both ways. High total of nine. So if you do think it's going to be under, then go, go go with that total. It's a number of nine. It's pretty, uh, pretty low there, pretty high there. But this has turned out to be, what you know, from everybody saying this is a bad World Series matchup, this is two teams that no one wanted to see in the World Series. Through two games, we have a good series. These, this was fun. Game one was one of the best games yes. in some time. So uh, game two wasn't exactly competitive. But the, the Diamondbacks feel like they should be up 2-0. But it made, it made the series feel like it's competitive. Yes. And so that's a win. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a, it's been a really good series so far. Um, better than I would have expected. So the fact that the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks aren't going to go away. They're, they're, they're a tough mm-hmm. team, man. They, they're gritty. Um, this is, this is going to be a, a real series. So I don't know what happens tonight. I don't have a great feeling for Scherzer. I'm not as confident as you, uh, just because I feel like if he struggles, he's the kind of guy right now that you've, you're looking for a reason to pull him before it gets too bad. Yeah. Uh, especially now, if they were up 2-0, I think you'd be right. But now 1-1, I, I, I worry that they're gonna the leash will be a little shorter than it would have been had they had that 2-0 lead. Strikeout prop on both pitchers is 4.5. The outs recorded prop for Brandon Fott, 13.5 for Scherzer. 
14 and a half. Again, it is a minus 110 split both ways between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks tonight. Total of nine. Your first five innings is Rangers and Diamondbacks. Again, split both ways. So uh, this is an even matchup, they're telling us here, for Game 3 of the World Series tonight. Coming up a little later on today, myself and former Major League pitcher Josh Towers will record our uh, World Series preview part two, where we will get into best bets for tonight's game and also the outlook for games four, uh, excuse me, games, uh, yeah, four and five coming up in Arizona. And uh, if necessary, we'll be back with a, a pod previewing, you know, game six and seven going to Arlington. But we'll be with you uh, later on today on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed so you can listen to the World Series part two preview coming up on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed later on this morning. Handful of games on the NBA schedule for this Monday, starting with the Boston Celtics. Ten-point road favorites at the Wizards total, 229.5. Chicago plus three at Indiana total is 226 there. The Brooklyn Nets, one-and-a-half-point road favorites at the Hornets, 228.5 the total. Portland Trailblazers, oh, this might this might be my uh, my play for today. I still haven't still haven't lost a uh, an NBA bet this year. So nice, but I think the Blazers are really bad. Plus seven and a half at the Raptors, uh, two seventeen and a half your total there. The T Wolves two point road favorites at the Hawks two thirty four and a half your total. Dallas the Mavericks minus two at Memphis two twenty seven is your total. The Detroit Pistons catching five at OKC. 227 your total there as well the Miami Heat plus five and a half at Milwaukee Milwaukee coming off that loss last night 223 and a half your total Golden State plus three on the road at the Pelicans 233 your total the Utah Jazz plus seven and a half at the Nuggets over under 231 in the final game on the card the Orlando Magic plus two and a half at the Lakers total of 220 and a half on the NHL scoreboard tonight, the Flyers will host the Hurricanes. Carolina is minus 190. Frederick Anderson likely in net for Carolina. Carter Hart likely for the Flyers. The Panthers are at the Bruins. The Bruins 7-0-1 to start the year. Have not lost a game in regulation. They are minus 165 favorites over the Panthers. Likely Linus Allmark in net versus Sergei Bavrovsky. The Kraken are at the Lightning. Tampa Bay, a minus 160 favorite in this game. Jonas Johansson likely going in net for Tampa. Philip Grubauer likely for Seattle. The Penguins are minus 260 favorites at home over the Ducks. And the goaltending matchup likely Tristan Jari for the Penguins and John Gibson for the Ducks. The Red Wings are on Long Island to take on the Islanders. New York, a minus 155 home favorite, likely going to feature Ilya Sorokin in net for the Islanders and James Reimer, likely, for Detroit. The New York Rangers look to continue their winning ways on this road trip. They have won four straight games on this Pacific Northwest slash Western Canada road trip uh, started in Seattle. They are in Winnipeg tonight. And the Red Hot Rangers, a minus 125 road favorite, likely Igor Shesterkin versus Connor Hellebuck. The Blue Jackets are at the Stars. Dallas, a minus 267 favorite at home. Jake Ottinger likely. Elvis Merzlikens likely for Columbus. The Blackhawks are at the Coyotes, Arizona. Minus 195. Does Chicago have the Vegas flu, AJ? Played on Friday in Vegas. Had the weekend off. Did they go to Arizona and hang out in Phoenix? Did they stay in Vegas all weekend? What would you do? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, they worked overtime. Uh, yeah. I, I know that. But it was an afternoon game on Friday. They had all weekend off. And then a short trip down to Phoenix. I think they... I don't. I gotta find out from sources if they stayed in Vegas and hung out because this feels like the prototypical Vegas flu type game. Connor Ingram, the backup for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, will be in net for them. Peter Morazic likely for the uh, Blackhawks and VGK back also in action. undefeated in regulation. Yes, eight zero and one after losing in overtime to the Blackhawks Garbage. on Friday on Nevada Day. How dare they? 
Vegas minus 250 favorites at home tonight over the Canadiens, likely Aiden Hill against Jake Allen. We got some great offers going on at pregame.com right now with the NBA season in full swing and college basketball on the horizon. You can save $50 on an NBA season all access or a college basketball season all access. We are running our basketball bonanza. I just named it that, AJ. I like that. At pregame.com and you can save $50 off either an NBA season all access or a college basketball season all access. Use the promo code FEZ50, F-E-Z-50. FEZ50 will save you $50 on either NBA or college basketball. Now, why is the promo code FEZ50? Why FEZ50? Because we're still accepting entries into the Beat Fezzik NBA contest. Go to pregame.com, click on contests, find the Beat Fezzik NBA contest, and enter for free for a chance to win $500 and also a chance to win a bonus $500. Again, the Beat Fezzik NBA contest going on right now at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.